Keep your radio dial right here. You're locked into the hottest news station on the planet. Hot 702.5 in FM Sound. Blazing today's hip-hop, R&B, and pop music. Keeping your radio on fire. Bringing you the hottest, hottest realest, realest, riskiest talk shows live 24-7 on Hot702.5FM.com. What it do? What it do? What it do? How y'all doing? I'd like y'all to hear this artist, one of my favorite MCs of ever, of ever. It's called 10K on the drums. His name, he comes from the Bay Area, Locksmith. And he raps better than Go find you some famous friends and hang around who they see fit. Hey. But I do not feed into hype or liking myself to be such. I, I just, just rap about, about my life. life to some people that's not, not enough. enough. Fuck, fuck your preconceptions. I don't want to live inside your box. I see rapping as a vessel, another extension of just my thoughts. Ooh, ooh, ooh. If you walk the mile in his shoes, you would identify with issues that'll put you in such depression. You will be thankful of what you got. Lost in the vaults of another one's bitter. Nissa can never be resolved, so consider this my final word. If you find a nerve, then it's fine to swerve, so don't limit. Here's some of the result of a revolt in your deep soul didn't think so How's that? Soon as I compromised and my conscience died Who is? And I'm stuck in this trap People Locks expect me. you to worship their wealth I'm the one blind and myself Soon as you stand in the middle of the world And they try to break up and they build I see it all as a means to the end Shout out to him and he talks to me damn Chop it up with your ass and show But abandoned medicine can't Let it be clear And it's what I've been I feel no need to concede I pretend I've been too humble with it Cause I think they forgot what I'm capable of is a sin So I send you my best Rappers like a marathon I can smell a bitterness And everything you're bearing on Then they try to tell me Slow it down Cause I'm barely on Going over niggas' heads Like a carry on Carry on with the flow That's the insight I can tell by your bitch You the simp type If a nigga wanna test Here's the invite A warning, warn him You can tend like Rap niggas say trap ain't rap Trap niggas say rap don't pay Simple tens when the label was art Still I represent both either way Still I represent social decay Honestly what's the most you can say I just speak from the heart of Forget about any falsehood I'm supposed to portray Niggas log on to their pages And lie to their friends Get up in this What up ladies What up ladies Welcome everybody, you are tuned in to the Undrafted All-Star Sports Show. I'm your host, I am Big Sugar, a.k.a. Sugar Dosey, the great, the great, a.k.a. Mr. Tell Your Friends About Me. I'm sitting here chilling in the hooch with my co-host. Q Mecca, two techs up. You know, tragic gonna hold you down. We got a special guest in the building. We got a legend in the building, everybody. A living legend. Y'all ever know what a living legend is? That means he here. Mr. Law. Vegas and he's is done old. things that's legendary, and he's still here. Valley High School <laughs> alumni, McDonald's All-America, the number 24 picker in the 1987 draft, UNLV Hall of Famer, Mr. Freddie Banks. Woo, what up, what up? What's going on, young man? How y'all feeling this morning? Man, we chilling. Doing all right. How you doing? I'm wonderful, 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 wonderful. So we're here to talk to you about all of the things that you have done. Yes, sir. And the things that you're going to be doing and the things that you're currently doing. So that's three things. Past, present, and future. And we're going to start with the past. From Vegas. <laughs> born and raised. from Vegas. Right? Yes, sir. I'm what neighborhood you grew up in? Valley View. Ooh. <laughs> For y'all that don't know, I'm from that neighborhood, too. Right around the that corner. That don't make you a legend. But go I used ahead. to play basketball <laughs> in his house. With his, That's what's up. the terrorist of my... <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so you from Vegas, uh, Valley View, the neighborhood, you know where that's at, 89030. <laughs> right off, you need an Arden the King. Uh, so, 
You went to Valley. You did you go there when it first opened? Huh? No, no, no. I, I didn't come in until eighty um, one. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, during that time, they didn't have ninth grade. Oh, so I started at, at uh, Helen C. Cannon. Where uh, I went to school there, and I was averaging like forty a game. Forty, forty at Cannon. Yeah. I went to Cannon too. Shout out to Cannon. Yes, they took they bust us far from the neighborhood. Yes, didn't they? they did. They <laughs> bust us to the <laughs> airport area. Yeah, exactly. I matter of fact, I was the first uh, class to open Cannon. Oh, really? Uh, yes. Oh, I didn't know that. That's that's something that we didn't know. That yes. wasn't in my notes. Yes. So yeah, right. you went to Cannon then Valley in eighty one. Yes, eighty one through eighty three. I was at Valley High School. All right, all right. And when you was at Valley, you what was did you a do? McDonald's All American at Valley High School. Yes, I was the first McDonald's All American here in Las Vegas. In Las Vegas. Um, everybody don't understand what a McDonald's All American is. That is the top twenty four. Players in the whole entire country in the and eligible high schools. In all Top the 24. Nation. First and, one and in he Vegas. Was the first one. The first one. I mean, he started the way for everybody else to come. Because, you know, Las Vegas, we didn't get a lot of shine in our sports. Uh, they go to other teams. schools. The they, talent leaves yeah. here and go to other places. They be trying to go to LA, California, different places. So it's dope that you were the first one here. From yes. high school, and then what did you do once you decided to go to college? What was your mind process of where you wanted to go? Well, my mindset, my, my mindset was set um, pretty much um, because my family is very, very strong. And when I was getting looked at by different colleges, growing up as a young man, I was always in the front yard or playing in my front yard. And college coach was always calling, always calling. And I was like, Mom and Daddy, I'm tired of these people calling me. <laughs> you know, they they, they want to throw their hands out for you. They want to give you the world. Um, but I just said, you know what, we're going to stay here. We're going we gonna to narrow this down to Nebraska, Iowa, and UNLV. I had more than just those three. Mm -hmm. But I just said, you know what, I'm going to stay home and let my parents and my sisters and brothers get to see me play for four more years. Right. Now, young men and young women that going to college, don't think you're going to be in college for the rest of your life. Four years went by so fast, I didn't even have a chance to even think about my four years. I was thinking about doing something special for this community. Yeah. And it went by so fast because one of my teammates told me, said, Freddie, when you get ready to, you just starting off as a freshman, before you know it, your senior year going to be here. And I'm like, man, just be quiet, man. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> right. Before I even know it, I was a senior. Yep, time flies. Yes, it does. Time does fly, you, especially when you're having fun doing something you love. I got a question about that. Again, McDonald's All-American. And back then, Duke, UNC, UCLA, I know they had to be hitting you up. Well, they did. I mean, I just decided I wanted to just stay home. Uh, UCLA had a, a big, big um, class uh, yes. coming out. They had Reggie Miller. They had Corey Gaines. Yes. They had uh, Muggsy. Muggsy. You know, they had a whole bunch of people coming out. And you know what? Their name was big. My name was big, too. But I said, you know what? I'm local. Let me stay home and let's feel that this Thomas and Mac. Because Thomas and Mac wasn't built until I um, got ready to play. Oh, really? I'm the first person to open Thomas and Mac. So you didn't know that. Yeah. More facts. That's what's up. Yeah, because normally they was at the uh, convention center. Yeah. I went to watch them play at the convention center, and it was loud. I said, you know what? This this Coach Tark let you shoot the ball. Let me stay home. <laughs> right. That's a, that's, a, that's a good – that's a great segue into talking about Tark. So you played for Tark in uh, college. What was that experience like? Tell us what you think about Tark. What was the experience playing for him? That was, a, that was a beautiful experience um, for a college coach to come in and sit in your front living room with your parents and tell you – what you're going to do for you with the four years you're going to be at school. So he said, Freddie and your mom, it's the beautiful people that I ever met. Um, Danny is still here. Danny Tarkini was a senior. He said, but you're going to play every game. Once Danny's gone, it belongs to you. And I thank Coach Tark for his word that he kept, saying that UNLV is going to be mine. And it wasn't just mine. It was the whole team aspect of it where all us 
was able to play for Coach Tark, and he just just kept his word that I started every game after that. Every game after Danny left, I started every game. He kept his word, which yes, he did. Oh, that's what's up. Yes, he did. That's important. That's that doesn't happen for a lot of people. A lot of people, right. coaches just getting you there, and then once they get you there, you there now. They do whatever they want to do. Switch Absolutely. up on you. Absolutely. So it's a good thing that he kept his word. That's always a plus when you uh, playing for or working for somebody that does keep their word. Well, so well talk- a lot of a lot of the kids, excuse me, a lot of these kids, um, when they when you're getting drafted, when you're getting picked up by college, and you can stay home, stay home, man, because it, you, you know your home better than you know other places. Um, the one young man that was been looked at besides myself was Mike Lee. Mike Lee and both was being recruited by Target, but Mike Lee decided to go to Colorado, and I stayed home. And um, I wish he would stay, too, because at our senior year of high school, we was going neck and neck, and we was going for the, the scoring crown. So Mike Lee had gotten, I think it's his sophomore and junior year, and then that senior year came, I took over and got the scoring crown then. Mm-hmm. But we was going neck and neck, and I was like, Mike, I'm staying home. I don't know what you're doing, but I'm staying here. And I wish he would have stayed. Yeah, that would have been yeah. a good team. You and yes. him on the team together. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's a good that's a good thought. So it's something to think about for y'all out there. If you got kids or you are a kid, hey, home might be your best option, and you got your family there to support. Support you. system. Yeah. Yes. Uh, sometimes, see, my brother went out to college in Mississippi, and he was like, "Man, it was we were struggling." He's like, "I needed to send some food, some other stuff." So sometimes home is good. You got your mom there, your pops, your aunties and uncles, and your cousins. So that's an option to think about sometimes. Stay home sometimes. And like being from Las Vegas, we get overlooked in things. So yes. the the most talented people in our city don't even get recruited a lot of times by the college or university in our city sometimes. Yes. And that's a great mistake because uh, Steve Jackson, he – didn't get recruited by UNLV. Right. And I think that's a travesty. Like, you, he yeah, was here. He was a beast. <laughs> he was a beast. <laughs> yeah. He went to Oregon. And oh, he, had a feel, he had a feeling. Of, he had a He felt strongly about, I'm a, when we play UNLV, I'm going to have my best game just because they didn't recruit me. Mm-hmm. So, kids, parents of the children, hey, try to influence your kid. Hey, stay here. Might be a benefit for you. So, that's a good thing. Got another question for him? Yeah, at UNLV, y'all were whooping ass that year, bro. 1987? Oh, yeah. Y'all, yeah. It, the year, it, this is the record when y'all was there, 93 and 11. <laughs> wow. When yeah. y'all were at, the whole time you was at UNLV. Wow. 93 and 11. Wow. That, that That's impressive. <laughs> I, I never knew it was that, you know, that record. Yeah, that's a great that's, record. That's a great that's record. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's a great record. So now y'all y'all rolling at UNLV now. You got your teammate. You got Armand Gilliam. Mm-hmm. You got a you know he went to the uh, NBA. Got the code name Jordan Stopper. Mm-hmm. You know for the way he played. Y'all were running cash. Y'all were number one in the West mm-hmm. when the tournament started. Explain that how that feeling is. How that feeling was back when that tournament started in 1987. Well, we had a vision um, as seniors. Myself, uh, like you said, Armand Gillen, rest his soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Wade, Gary Graham, Eldridge Hudson. Yeah. Um, George Bass Knight, Gerald Patio. We had a vision. We didn't know what the vision was, but we just known that when we step on the court, everyone's going to give you your best game. And right. when they gave their best game, we had to step up a notch ourselves. So when we played, we went 20, 37 and 2. Um, 37 and 2 overall. Yep. Overall in 87. Yep. And we could have went uh, almost like 40 and 0. But we lost to um, Oklahoma by one by point, one point. <laughs> and then we lost to Indiana in the, in the semifinals in the final four. Final four. Um, but we we once we got to the final four, we all was talking about you know we didn't know what we was here for, right? But we was there, and and I went in and I, you know, got my sleep, got my rest, and I said you know what this is home for my parents and my my siblings and everything. I don't want to go home early, so <laughs> I tried to do my best to. Take it under my own wings. You sure did. You dropped 38. Yes, 38. 10-3. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, you, you hit 10 threes before they were shooting threes. Before they like were shooting threes. It yeah. says you hold the record for the most three-pointers made in the season. Yes. Uh, yep. 
And yes. right now, that as today, the, the record still holds. That's, still holds. And that's the holds. impressive part because yeah. now they shoot way more threes. Yes. You was, you was Steph before that. Steph. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know what? And, and I like Steph, but, you know, that that young man, he's shooting the lights at the ball. I, when he gets the ball, he just lets it go quickly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He got yeah. that stroke, you, man. Yes. I got a question about that because you coach um, – you coach high school football, right? Who do you coach for? I, I coach uh, high school now for Canyon Springs High, high school, school basketball, and uh, right now I'm the head coach for the last 15 years oh, at Canyon Springs. I opened Canyon Springs up, and I haven't left yet. So I've been in Canyon Springs now 21 years. Open it up. Open it up. That's and, what's up, y'all. That's and good. right now I've sent a lot of kids to different schools um, because of who I am, and a lot of people know who I am. Right. Yes, but I, now I'm just trying to do the best I can with all the kids because. The kids today is different, and, and back in the day, you can tell a kid uh, what to do and how to do it, and if they didn't do it, they was like had to turn their jersey in. Mm-hmm. But now these kids are so soft. And, <laughs> and, 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 Somebody and, had to say fragile. it. Yeah, yeah. I'm well, glad you I said mean, it. I, I'm saying it for a reason because in order to get to that next level, you got to have some type of mental toughness. Mental toughness. Absolutely. You got to have That's a right. lot of dignity to yourself. You got to respect for yourself. Most important thing because you have a family and you're trying to. Um, show them what you're about, and because of a coach telling you you're not going to be successful, prove them wrong. Right. Prove them wrong. That's right. Because that's that's the way you're going to get that. Prove them wrong. Right. And do you see it with your with your high school students? My question was, can you see the influence that Steph Curry has had on the children? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're coaching and dealing with the young people. Absolutely. Because because if well you know what let me, let me rephrase that a lot of these kids don't even watch sports they don't even watch basketball really I said young man I'm just talking about my kids in general my my players I said did y'all watch such and such a game they said no because I I was busy on my phone playing Nintendo <laughs> or whatever man get off those phones the phones is nothing when I was in school I didn't have a Chromebook or I didn't have a cell phone I had to use my brain to get through school right yes. Now they're giving it an easy way of kids to get through school. And they're still not getting through it because they don't take the time out for it. Young men, young women, if you don't study, it's going to be a hard road. So, right. And then I, it's really crazy that y'all basketball players, but y'all ain't even watching the players that y'all want to get to. Exactly. The, the goal. Like, you you should be watching to see what they're doing and go work on your game. So, right. that's important that he said that. Uh, kids, get off the phones. Parents, at least your kids. Have times where at least your kids, when we eating dinner together, no phone, when we doing some family activities. Because they be on the phones and the tablets is going wild. And we they, know it's addictive because we all part of it. Right. But that's we got to just make a conscious effort to – do better, because I agree with you. The, right. the smartphones is making people dumber. Yeah. We can't Absolutely. remember numbers. We don't. It's a lot. We don't simple things that we used to go remember when we didn't have all this. Uh, now it's out. It's out the door. It's out right. the window. Nobody yeah. know nothing. Right. <laughs> That's not good. It's not good at all. But but I, I I tell the kids now. You know, they weren't in the era that I was coming up with the Michael Jordan, the the Irvin Johnson, the uh, um, Isaiah Thomas. They didn't wasn't in that. Era, so they think LeBron James and all them um, is the, the the new goat, right? Right. For say, and I say, yeah, he's the new goat. But if he'd have played when I was playing, Rick Mahorn, Bill Lambert would have clobbered him <laughs> going to the basket. <laughs> and it's just a foul. It's not a flagrant one or a flagrant like it is yeah. now, yeah. like it is now. That's true. But the thing is, I tell the kids now, you can't go in there soft. If you gonna go in there soft, that's what's gonna happen. Right. So. Oh, I still yeah. you're still teaching them, like because I do. Eras matter, right? Yes. Where you, where you grew up at, you that's who you that's who you uh, memorialize or romanticize. Yes. I'm from the '90s, right? So I was I watched Michael Jordan, Akeem Olajuwon, mm-hmm. Kobe. I watched those people. So I think those are the greatest people. But yes. the kids nowadays, they watch Steph, like you say, LeBron. Yes. And then they come, it's going to be some new Luca, some yes. new Wimbenyata. So we got to. I understand. Okay, we we seen the greats of our time. Y'all seen the greats of y'all time. But if we put it together, like you tell me, hey, look, don't just think about just LeBron and Steph. I'm trying to give y'all some perspective on who I saw, who right. was the greats. Right. If you put them together, you get a better overall picture, picture. Yes, versus sir. just uh, oh, it's my time. Yeah, those same guys you talking about watch those, those older people cats. that you yeah, yes. exactly make it and yes. make a, you know make exactly. a life for them. Yes, exactly. LeBron grew up saying he was Jordan. Wearing his number, shooting twenty threes, magic, and all those guys. So, 
That's a good uh, message for the kids to be like, look, don't just look at the future or what you got present. Go back to the past and look at the past. Yes. Learn some history, learn some different things, and then see how the game has evolved, changed, and what you can do. I agree with that message for sure, for sure. So we also see, all right, so it says you were the 24th pick, so the first pick in the Matter. second <laughs> round. Yes. Uh, the NBA seven, draft. Seven rounds back then, y'all. Oh, yeah, it was Not it was just two rounds, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sure was. 161 picks. <laughs> so you was the Fred Major number 24. Right. So how was that experience? Tell us what, what was going through your head. What did you think? Were you were you higher than you think? Lower? Would you shoot did you do with higher? Tell me, tell us what you think about that. Well, well, it, it was a great pick, I, I think, but in, in another nutshell of it all, at number 24 nowadays, is a first round. First round, yeah, that's true. It's a first rounder, and, yeah. and, and you in the first round, you, you you got some type of guaranteed money. Money, yep, absolutely. And so when I went twenty four to Detroit Pistons at that time, it was Isaiah Thomas, Joe Dumont, and Vinnie Johnson, and that's three top guards right there. Right, Vinnie Johnson was on the contract, and so they drafted me because they didn't know if they were going to do with Vinnie. I knew what they were going to do with Vinnie. I knew they were going to sign Vinnie, but. When it came down to it, you have four small guards, but I was the tallest out of all three of them. And I just, you know, tried to get me a job. Mm-hmm. It's a business when you get to the NBA. Or right. whatever sport you, professional-wise, it's a business. And if you don't get your business fixed, you ain't going to make it. Right. So right. I had my business was fixed, but at the same time, you had three small guards, and there was no room for me. Right. And if I had went somewhere else, I guarantee you I would have made it. I'd have made it somewhere. But I, I, I don't have, the experience of being drafted or getting into the league for any sport is a plus. Right. Oh, it's, always a, it's always a positive experience. Yes. So once you so once you didn't make it with Detroit, what did you do after that? Then after, after that, I went to the Continental League, and I went to, they call it the CBA. Now they call it the G League. Now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, it was, it was um, called then. So, so now I went to a, a place called Biloxi, Mississippi, and it's on a lake. And it was always foggy. I mean, I'm not used to that. I'm a a city boy. Right. Welcome to the South. Mississippi is southern as you could get. Southern is the nice way of saying it. I might say country. Back in 1987. Right. And it was was foggy and everything. And soon later I said, you know what, Coach? This is not for me. Let me go ahead and I'll come back and do what I can do the next following year. And then I went to uh, Denver Nuggets. When they say my high – it is my high. <laughs> it is if you're not used to it with they all the athlete that goes in to play, they feel it. They yeah. really do feel it because I felt it the time I was there. At that time, I was with Alex English, Walter Davis, Dennis Shea, um, Fat Lever. You know, there was some good guy, some guys there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Doug Moe was the head coach, and and I was like, man, I can't do this, man. I'm head hurt, nose bleeding. <laughs> Every day and running, and um, I just told him, you know what, this is not for me. So I ended up leaving there because um, uh, Doug Moe was, was very upset because he knew what he had in me. Mm-hmm. I could have made that that organization. Roster, yeah. Yes, and so I left and then um, went overseas for after that. And I said, you know what, when you have a family, young man, you need to just say, hey. You got to put the shoes up in the closet and take care of your family. Your Absolutely. overseas experience wasn't. Was it Greece? Did you go to? I went to Greece. Yes, went to a Greece, small island called Cyprus, and it was it was beautiful. I, I really enjoyed. It. I went for one year. Um, at that time, my wife was pregnant with my third son. Came back and had him, and I put the shoes up in the closet and took care of the family. That's what's up. Okay, so that was a good experience with your professional career. Absolutely. Let's go back. You gotta go back to this draft, man. I'm gonna talk about. I'm gonna name some of the notable people that was in that same draft with you. Yes. Number one overall pick with David Robson. Absolutely. The Admiral. Yeah. Everybody know who that is. Yes. Your teammate, Armand Gilliam, number two overall. Yes. The Jordan Stopper. Scotty Pippen. Mm-hmm. Kenny Smith. Mm-hmm. Odin Polynesia. Yep. Kevin Johnson for the Suns. Yep. Reggie mm-hmm. Miller. Yep. Muxie Bowes. Mm-hmm. Horace Grant. Mark Jackson. Yeah. And then David Stern called your name. Yeah. With number 24 pick. Yep. That's a great. That's a good draft. Hell that's yeah, a good draft. <laughs> that's mean. dope. Cadillac Anderson. Yeah, <laughs> all of them cats. Matter of fact, Cadillac went first before me. He right. went number twenty three. Went twenty three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, we got a legend in the building, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how that was, man. I wanted. 
Tell me how it felt for him to call your name. You know, it, it felt good for you know the commission to call your name. Um, any sport, if any commission calls a young man, like were you at the draft or no? I was in in front of, in well, I was in the house with my parents, and I got the phone call, and they said it was um, Jack Klowski for Detroit Pistons mm-hmm. called me, and he said we taking you next, and I was like, for real? He said yes, sir. <laughs> and you know when you get it very excited when you hear your name called, you you get excited when a, a general manager call you. You get excited about that. Oh, yeah. And, and at the age of 21, 22 years old, yeah. you'd be like, man, this this is the, this is how they do things in professional life. Mm-hmm. And and I was very excited, you know, and I uh, told my mom and dad and them, hey, we're going to Detroit. And they was excited. Had big plans, but, you know, plans never, you know, happens if you don't really put your mind to it. Absolutely. So, yeah. So you got to put your mind into whatever, you, you know, what the world's set for you to do. I like that, man. Yeah, that's that's a dope that's a dope story. That's a good. That got to be like one of the best experiences when you playing sports. To get your name called by the yes. to the to the professional. Yeah, that is got to be a good experience. So after you uh, hung them up, after you hung them up, you decided you still was going to be a part of basketball, right? So you went to coaching. Yes, I did. What was your yeah. first coaching experience after you? Hung up the the gym shoes. Well, when I hung the sneakers. Up the, I, 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 I snu- hung them. We call them tennis, tennis shoes, shoes back in the day. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> we, they, they, back in New York, they call them sneakers. Mm-hmm. But when I hung my tennis shoes up. After I came back from overseas, playing in Greece, I um, ended up coming back to Valley High School, where my alumni school, um, Carol Levitt, who was the uh, principal at the time, gave me a job there. And um, I worked with one of my high school coaches, which was Paul Azenaris. He gave me opportunity to be a, one of his coaches, and I was real strict because of what they taught me. And uh, in '98, we won the state championship at Valley High School, right? And so I was there, and then stayed there for about eight years, and then from there I went to Canyon Springs because uh, there was a gentleman there at Valley at the time left Valley and went to uh, Canyon Springs, named um, um, Daryl Branham. Him and my high school coach, uh, Bill Bill was very good friends. And I just ended up going with him. It's a, a story that he told me when he called me. He said, hey, hey, Freddie, you ready to go? I said, where are we going? Because I'm, I'm at Valley. Right. I'm, I got the head coach job at Kenya. I said, I'm out. <laughs> I, I'll see Valley in a minute. And went over to Canyon and had a great season and won uh, state champion there in 2011. And then. Congratulations. Uh, yes. And then. He left in 2011, and I became the head coach ever since then. Oh, so then that's good. Yeah. So you had to you have you've been at Canyon Springs uh, for you said 15 years. About 15. 2011 is when I well I opened up 2005. Oh, okay. And then I've been the head coach since 2011. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You you were more than the coach to the kids. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty much sure. Like what what kind of things that you teach them outside of basketball that you want them instill in them after they. As a young Keep man, going as an athlete. Exactly. Well, I mean, if, if I, I try to teach the kids of, of how to be a young man. Yeah. You know, because some of these young men here now uh, are raised by their mothers. Mothers cannot teach a young man how to be a man. And the thing is, I try to I teach agree. them is that when you here at Canyon Springs or wherever I was at, I was letting them know you guys are young men first. You're going to treat a young lady like a lady. You're going to call her out of her name because you have a mother at the same time. So if you're calling this young lady a different name, you're calling your mother a different name also. So treat them like they are ladies. So I try to teach my kids now today, even though they might not have a father in the home, you're going to treat them like a, a young lady. And you're going to treat yourself like a man because that goes a long ways in life. Because once you become a man, then you're gonna have your family, then you're gonna be able to teach your son how to be a man. Absolutely. Right. So so that's why I, I try to teach my kids up today. Well, that's a good lesson that uh that's what's so up. basically it's self respect. Yes. And then you'll give respect to the absolutely to the people around you. Absolutely. Being a, a great good person should be number one. Correct? <laughs> yes. sports, if you're great at it, comes after that. Right. Like you said, it don't last forever. No, it doesn't. Being a man does. Yes. Right. Good absolutely. coaches teach you that 
in the course of playing sports. Yes, you, yeah. could be, you could be a man and have certain principles and generals in sport and generalities in sport that teach you about life. Yes. So that's a good thing. Respect. That's right. what I preach too to my daughter. Hey, respect to get you in a lot of places and get you oh, yeah. and well in more places than knowing things. Right. Uh, being respectful and getting building relationships with people. Absolutely. Well, I always teach my kids again. Um, you're a student before you're an athlete. Absolutely. Right. And so I, I, when I try to tell them that hey, the grades going to get you somewhere. Basketball can get you somewhere too, but one day that basketball will end. But you got to have some type of knowledge and grades to get you Forever. somewhere. Yep. That's a good. That's a good. Uh, good that. model. That's a good model to teach them because it's true. It's good to be both. It's good to be a good player and a good person and um, somebody who has a knowledge and is skill set that's needed or wanted. Otherwise, because like you say, basketball, you're not going to be able to play forever. No exactly. one's played basketball forever. Right. Usually it's hung up in your early, mid-30s. Hmm. That's still a young person. If you had a good career. A right. good career. Right. <laughs> right. A really right. good if career. If you had a good career, you'd be in your 30s. <laughs> right. So, yeah. You, 30s are still young. I want to go back to Tart. Rest in peace. Yes. Rest in peace, Tart. He calls you the most clutch shooter that he's ever coached. Yes, he did. Tell us some more about you and Tark's relationship. The relationship with me and Coach Tark was was unbelievable. Um, I can say that because I played for him. Mm -hmm. There was time in games that um, my first year, I think, when Utah State, and I was up there uh, shooting free throw, they kept following me. And after the game was over, he gave me my nickname. Now, a lot of folks don't know where it came from, but I'm going to reveal it to everyone where my fearless Freddie came from. That's what I want you to talk about. Exactly. So, so I'm at Utah State. We we got the crowd involved in Utah State. It's crazy. They talking about your mother, your father, your sister. <laughs> they talking about everybody because they right on the floor. So they kept following me, and I go up to the line. I hit the free throws. I think I hit like maybe 10 or 12 in a 12. row. 12 yeah. in a row. Yeah. Yep. And um, after the game, after we won it, the score was 142 to 140, <laughs> and we ended up winning that game. So we go to the back to the hotel, and Tar come out, you know, smiling like he normally does, and he kept saying, Fearless Freddie, and that stuck to me. And I'm like, man, I'm not afraid of no one. <laughs> I'm going to go up here, and I'm going to give my all in all, and that's how I got that name. And ever since then, I had it in my car, and I still use Fearless Freddy. That's what's up. Because uh, Tart gave it to me, and I just hold on to it. And what do you – I got a question. What do you think is inside of you that made you such a clutch shooter? Because some people, when the pressure get on, they some get – Some people ain't got yeah, it. Yeah, it ain't the thing. And, and, and it's true, you know, because when the game is on the line, I think I, I – think, Memphis State was one I beat um, on the last second shot. I, I really have done a lot uh, clutch shooting when it came down to it because I, I wanted the ball. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and the thing with that, saying, um, I told Coach, you know, because everyone looked for me in four cents. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, I'm going to win this game. And so a clutch shooter is the one that wants the ball. Right, Those absolutely. who run away from the ball, you don't you want don't that want ball. Them to shoot it. Nope. You don't even want them to shoot it. Right. I, yeah. I wanted the ball, and I won several games for Coach Tark and, and the team in itself. I, I give all the credit to most of my teammates because they knew where to the find me. The yes. Fines, yeah. yeah. So, that, so basically what you're saying is I remember when Kobe airballed a in free Utah. Ball. Yeah. He airballed it. And he took a, and he might have took a three pointer and airballed it too. He was young, young Kobe. He said, "I fought airballs." But <laughs> the, but what somebody said was the fact that he was still willing to, at a young age to shoot it because, mm -hmm. like you just said, you wanted if you don't if you afraid to shoot it, then you ain't never gonna be clutch. Or, exactly. He was he wasn't afraid to shoot it, even though he missed it. Right. The, that gave that set the pathway for the Kobe that we got. Mamba which mentality. Was, uh, he was a clutch person too, and he 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 was a he he would he was an assassin on the court. He would try to kill Absolutely. you. So I think that's a gene that everybody don't have. Right. True. Some people get some people hands get sweaty when when the pressure's on and they don't want the ball. No, no, I'm gonna go over here. I'm gonna pass it and we'll go over here. I don't throw me the ball back. <laughs> I was running to the ball. I wasn't running away from the ball. Speaking of that, I wanna talk about this final four game against Indiana, man. Okay. For everybody that understands Indiana won a championship that year. Indiana was pretty good, but UNLV was number one in the nation. Right. You score thirty eight. Yes. Ten three pointers. Yes. In that game, please tell us how 
please tell me something. <laughs> How, what was your feeling in that game? Was you in the zone? <laughs> I, I, I was in the zone. Um, like I said, my, my family's from Louisiana. They're not from New Orleans, but they right around the corner from it. Mm-hmm. Um, during that time, we, we went a little, I think we went like a day or two early to New Orleans. And we got off the plane. And, you know, as a young man, you, you, the lights is open. You know, everything is open. Yeah. And so when we got there, we, like, again, the vision was, how did we get here? You know, we had to be a great team to get there, and that was Iowa. Mm-hmm. Yep. We, we went down by 20. 20. I was going to bring it up. Go ahead. Keep going. And so I um, got in the game, and we in a totally zone. They didn't know what to do with me. Keith Smart was trying his best to stop me. And, you know, normal people, they go behind picks. I created my own with Keith Smart. I was like, man, if you don't put your hand up, it's going down. So you was you was creating your own shot, hitting it in his face. In his face. You weren't doing the Reggie Miller way, come across two, three picks. No, you was like, no, in your face. No, no off no. the dribble. No, boom, off boom. the dribble. Stop it. Oh yeah, off the yeah. dribble. And you that's know what? That's the best way to do it. That's that's when it's hard. It is hard. <laughs> but, but but I was taught how to do these kind of things from mm-hmm. coaches that taught me this. And when I was playing, I was trying to do my all. All I needed was three of my players to give me at least ten to fifteen points apiece. Mm-hmm. But at that time, you know, we came up short with the guys that we had, like Gerald Patio, Jarvis Bass Knight, Eldred Hudson, Gary Graham. We all came up short, but we still love each other because as of today, we still talk to each other. That's, yeah, that's what's up. Dope. You know, we'll call and say, hey, man, we're just checking in on you, and that's what we do. That's yeah, what's up. Yeah. That's dope. That's really dope. Let me get all your accolades real quick, man. You say, you're the UNLV record. For the most three points in the season, what, 152 back in 87? Wow. <laughs> you didn't even know that? <laughs> wow. 152. In the season. Second all-time in career three-pointers at 229. Wow. That's Top layup. five score all-time, 2,007 points total at UNLV. Uh-huh. And like I said, y'all went 93 and 11. Right. Top 10 player of all-time at UNLV history. And even in that season, you was a PCAA, everybody that's packed. The Pacific Coast, Coast Athletic Co- Association, right. Right. two-time All-PCAA, uh-huh. three-time All-PCAA tournament player, all-freshman, yep. and MVP. Yeah. And you got more trophy. <laughs> you got more trophy than you and LV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, man. Yeah, that's great. That's a, those, those are a lot of great accolades Hell yeah. that a lot of people don't know. Like sometimes you gotta let y'all know, hey, we got some we got some stars in in the city. Yes, and they need to be known. And they need to be known that way. Children can know, hey, you can make it from here. You ain't gotta be from California or Florida or places like that. You can make, you could be from here, and you get with the right coach and the right people who want to push you forward and help the children. Uh, then you can make it somewhere. And speaking of that, like about helping the children, we could segue into what is it that you got going on. This year, that's your inaugural year. What do you got? Well, I, I, I'm in the process now. Uh, God gave me a vision. I spoke to my sister, uh, Brenda, and um, I was telling her that God gave me a vision of this HBCU basketball tournament. And I told her, what do you think? She said, let's go for it. And then all of a sudden, I had another young lady to come with me. Uh, last name, first name is Lenina. She's the secretary of the event. And um, we all just, the three of us just put our heads together and say, hey, we're going to do this. We've been on this for a year. Mm-hmm. And now the event is getting ready to come in December. I just want the kids to know that this is an event that a lot of Deion Sanders basically opened the door for a lot of African-American kids. Yeah, And I want to thank him for it because this vision that God gave me, I'm now bringing it to the high school level. To let them know, hey, you don't have to go to Duke. You don't have to go to UNLV. You don't have to go. Try the HBCU D1 schools. They're there. Right. The only problem about HBCU, they don't recruit on the West Coast. Right. And now if this event goes, well, matter of fact, it's going to happen. Okay. And the people that's in the uh, HBCU are going to start coming to the West Coast. And it's going to be one of the biggest places because Las Vegas is growing. If you guys... Don't realize I don't even go on the strip anymore. <laughs> Me neither. It's too, I got it is too it's packed too. down there. When I used to go to on the strip, that's when it was not as big as it is now. Yeah. I used to lose, leave my mom's house 
practice was at 3 o'clock. I left at 2.30 and got to practice on time before 3, before Tart came down the, the walkway. <laughs> now you do that, you're going to be late. 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 That's a fact. So, so this crazy. HBCU thing that I'm putting together is going to be, excuse me, folks, but it's going to be off the chain. I love <laughs> that. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we have approximately uh, 17 more days. Yep, December nineteenth to the December twenty third wow. this year. Everybody, where's yes. it going to be? Uh, where's it going to take place at? What uh, venues? What schools? Where? Well, I gonna... I wanted I wanted a hundred teams, so now we're down to thirty nine, which is okay because you don't want to start big and then you have to go down. Yeah, true. I want to start small and then Girl. work my way up. Right. And so now we got thirty nine teams. That's boys and girls and JV teams. I can never exclude the young ladies out because the young ladies are on the rise, as you can see. That's great. Right. As you That's can true. see, that our great aces. Oh yeah, is, two times. Yes, <laughs> and those are young ladies. Yeah. Right. So if we can show our talent here with the young ladies, that's a plus also. That's definitely a plus. So right. I'm I'm doing it with the ladies also. So love that. Um, the 19th of December, we're gonna kick it off with a banquet at the Westgate Hotel. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have a lot of um, guest speakers there. And then I'm going to finish it off and let them know my vision and what we are in store for in the next couple of years with this HBCU. I love this, man. And you got to be in the house, Keith. We got to be there. Right. We're going to definitely support yeah. and be there. You we'll already support. know. And um, for people who may want to sponsor or donate, do they? Do you have a uh, how they can reach out to you? Uh, well, they can reach out to me any any way um they can go on my website called the fearless freddy foundation.com they can go on there or i can leave a phone number for you and if i uh leave my number 702-274-7431 that's my my cell number you can also call me on there and if i don't answer best believe i will call you back he just gave his number to the whole country. <laughs> <laughs> shoot him a text and let him know first who you are and what you're calling right. for yeah but uh, yeah, that's so people can support because we want to support it. We want to support this because this is something for this the is children, dope. our children. I got I got a child in high school, and I got an adult child, so it's a good thing for them to get this type of experience and um, have an option of because a lot of children don't even know about HBC. They, they don't, don't right. They don't even know. They sure don't because they they never was told. No. It's not promoted on TV like that. They don't promote them. They don't give them the big contracts and um, all of the. TV press, True. so it's a good thing that we're doing this, and we're doing it here, which is a place that you know Las Vegas isn't considered a. It's considered a, a sports a, town, exactly. It's an entertainment town yes. for adults. Yes, there's really very few things that we they do for the children to help the children uplift them and push them forward. So this is a great great opportunity for the adults that hear this and the children to participate in something that can just help us be better. As a community, as a city, um, and as individuals too. Yes, it is. And, and the event going to be held at Canyon Spring High School. Um, if you know the address, it's 350 East Alexander Road. That's in North Las Vegas, Nevada. That's where a lot of us grew up at. <laughs> 89031 and 89030 and 89106. All that's <laughs> all the codes. That's all <laughs> the west side. And so that's where we're going to have this event. Um, it's going to be outstanding. I, I just want, you know, the support from everyone to come out and, and, and support this event because it's it's for our children. For the kids. And, and it's not for me because as you look at uh, myself, I, I've got what I needed, and now it's time to give back to the community. I love that. And, and that's, that's the key. To, that is the key to anything when you're successful or you've been on a journey. Give back. And it doesn't have to be give people money. It's give people opportunities. Give yes. people something that they didn't see before. Give them a inspiration. Yes. In the words of the late great Nipsey Hussle, rest in peace. Inspiration is the highest form of human intelligence. I agree with that because when you inspire somebody, that's how you create whatever is created. Yes. Somebody inspires somebody. Yes. So I got, I got this another. is a dope thing that you're doing. Oh yeah, I it, got it's inspiring. Put it that way. I love it. Yeah. I got another dope moment in your lifetime. Oh wow! <laughs> November twenty seventh, two thousand twenty one. You and never retired your jersey. Yes. Tell us about that. Wow, that 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 was one of those uh, events that I, I really thank God f- again for. Uh, when they co- told me about the event, 
Uh, I want to say first to thank uh, Kruger, Coach Kruger, for making it happen. Lon Kruger. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. The son. Yes. Um, he told me that you know they don't retire retire your jersey, and you know the first thing I did, I said you know because I always give God the praise of everything I do, even through the HBCU, through my life and mm-hmm. self. I give God the praise for it, and when I heard the news, I said thank you Jesus, because a lot of folks said why are you jersey not up there. I said in due time. Right. It's in due time. I can't I can't make people do, do things to to put things where it's not supposed to be. True. But in due True. time. And when I got that call, I told my mom, I told my dad about it, and I told my siblings, and everyone was so excited, so excited. And I was too. And when they called me and told me, and I walked out on Thomas Mac for the first time on the floor where I put buckets, (laughs) I was so happy. And all I can do is my dad, you know, he's so humble. He raised his hand up. I raised my hand up, and we both said, thank you, Jesus. That's what's up, man. That's a good thing. That's dope. And it's good that you, um, a lot of times people don't understand certain things like what is for you is for you. So it'll happen when it's meant to happen. If you try to force it or make somebody do it, it's not genuine and it ain't, and it's, and it's off putting. So it's a good thing that you have faith in God. Yes. That you do. And you're not bitter or angry or feel like you were slighted. You knew, oh, it's happening in time. In time it happened. So that's a good perspective to have. Absolutely. A lot of people don't have that. They, they want to force things or think things should be forced. Right. When maybe the timing is not about, it's something that you ain't unaware of that you need that you need it mm-hmm. or you need to go through before you can get, understand or appreciate whatever the blessings are. Right. So that's a good thing. That, that's a good perspective to have. I think more people should have that. Being as good as you were on the court, you know, from that time period to you watching NBA right now, even college. Mm-hmm. But watching the NBA and specifically right now, the game has changed. Yes, it has. Give me your thoughts on what you think, on how you think that the game has changed. Is it better or is it kind of like leaning the other way? Well, what it, do you it's, think about it? it's, it's different eras, I yes. would say. Um, now, when you go to the bassin and you can barely touch a young man, that's a fragrant foul. <laughs> <laughs> True. But you go into the bassin, you're, you're a man. And we ain't supposed to just let you score. Exactly. (laughs) Don't touch him. Go into the basket. And and like I'm telling the young men of today, they compare Michael Jordan with Kobe and LeBron. LeBron. You can't. It's no comparison. Thank you. It's none. So, so when Michael Jordan went to the basket, he got clobbered, but he also he also made some trick moves with his. He learned. Yeah, he learned. So now the kids of today, they get fouled and. About to tear their head cry. off and they act they want to cry. cry yeah. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you, you get your foul, you go to the line, you hit you the free throws. throws. Right. You got to make the free throws. Yes. And so. The, so that's one of the aspects you think is that's got. Yes. That went backwards. That Absolutely. They're too soft. It's making them softer. softer and yeah. cry about every single thing. When right. they go to the hall and they don't be a foul, they be like, they looking around, For the not getting back help. on defense. Right. So it's like, yo, stop crying. First of all, <laughs> and go play. Yes. And then, if so, you make them free throws, they'll stop out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. That's a fact. So, yeah, I agree with that aspect. Yes. Uh, what do you think about the shooting, the three points, the the, the long range, the long range three point shots yeah, that they're taking back. much more uh, often in, they, the, in, the, in the NBA? They need to push it back. They need you to think push, they it push it back. I yeah. think they should so push it back. Feet, yeah. Push how many feet is it right now? 28. 28. Yeah, so. They need to push it back because. When in college it was, I think it was nineteen twenty one, something like that. Yeah, it was a layup for me. <laughs> you know, and, and right now with, I, you know, I, I like I like Golden State Warriors, but I don't have an NBA team, I don't have a football team, I don't have anyone in professionals because I was a professional myself, mm-hmm. and I know what these cats be doing before game time or after games or whatever the case may be. Yeah, but. Steph, he's almost shooting half court. <laughs> yeah, Steph come you know, right and, over. You got a whole step. I like I like teams that put the ball up. Yeah, but I, I also like teams to play defense because if you don't stop on defense, you don't get you no chance. That's yeah. true. That's true. You know, so. But so I do, I do like them to push it back a little further. But it ain't gonna make a difference for Steph for Curry. Certain players, yeah. <laughs> certain players, they gonna. That's yes, what they do. Absolutely. Steph, Dame, Lillard. It's a, it's a yes, couple of them. Yes, like that. absolutely. So yeah, so basically, I agree with you on the eras, different eras of foot of uh, the sport. Yes. So I think that that's we need to take that into account too because. Things are always going to progress. Once you open the door to something, it's going to the old doors open now. 
I remember they banned Duncan because Wilt was killing them. Yes. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yo, this is unfair. That's how you know they made some, they made up a rule. Yo, he killing. We need to make a rule to stop that. Right. But uh, I think that everything progresses. So sure. the NBA is just at its evolution, and it's probably going to change from maybe the next 20 to 30 years, a different we're going to see some different things then. But right. I think I like it. Uh, I don't like to dwell on all ball. It ain't as good as it was when I was there because we all romanticize our years Eras. where we were yes. grown, yes. where we were influential and influenced by the culture, the people, the sports, all that. Yes. So I just like to have an understanding of that. The kids have theirs. We have ours. Right. I talk to the OGs. They be telling me Elgin Baylor was the best. Yes. They be like, who is Michael Jordan? Elgin Baylor, Wilt Chamberlain. They don't. So I, it's a debate. I always tell people there's no such thing as the greatest of all time because no one's played through all time. Right. There's eras, yeah. and you were the greatest in your era, and you're era. one of the greatest, exactly. Yeah. So, and then they asked Michael Jordan, who was the best player of all time, and he's like, I don't think we should look at it that way. We should look at it as the best teams, because right. a team is what you need. Right. And I think he understood that because Detroit used to tear him up, Larry Bird, and their teams. Yes. The Lakers, the Detroit, the Moses Malone. So, I think we need to, sometimes we focus on, oh, the greatest player when no one's played through all time, and everybody has their time. Right. And when your time is over, your time is over. That's right. Absolutely. What you do in that in those moments that you were in the NBA, if you was fortunate enough to be in a long time, yeah. then is what matters. Right. So that's a good uh, it's errors like you said. We get to the end of the closest thing. I want you to tell everybody again, man, the information about the HBCU classic. Yeah, word it in your man. email or your the yeah, website. All so of that stuff. Put it out there again. Right. One more the, time. the website for the HBCU tournament is fair to Um, It's on the website now. Um, All you have to do is email me or look it up and see what time the event's going to start off. Um, It's going to be outstanding. Just need, you know, people come on and see what I'm doing because it's about the children, not about me. Right. It's always about the kids. It was great talking to you. Learned some things that we didn't know. Knew some things that we yeah. already knew. Yes. Appreciate it. Appreciate Absolutely. you coming by, spending your time. We know you're a busy person. Yes. Uh, that was a great interview. Hopefully, very, y'all learned something. Interview. Support support this uh, black HBCU because we're going to support it. Oh, we support it, baby. great for the kids and for the adults. Y'all, now we're going to go out of here with some more Locksmith. Ah, it's called Transitions. Great, great song. Like a great interview. Great interview. D- great. Fearless. Freddie. Hey, thanks, I everybody. Beat your nephew in front of your house. <laughs> he don't remember that. He's like, man, I don't remember that. <laughs> I said, nah, nah, he used to kill us. <laughs> Freddie, you think you go out there late 30 on him still? No, no. My, my, days, my days is done. You know, like, I'm, I'm, I hung that up in the yeah. bin. I, 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 I coach the young men now, so I got a big game coming up the next week, couple of big games. So I'm ready. All right. Who you got next? Who you playing? Who next week playing? we play, starting off on Monday, uh, we play against uh, Sunrise Mountain, mm-hmm. and then we play Legacy on Tuesday, and then we come okay. back to play Rancho the Thursday. And then the biggest game of the year is Shining against Canyon Springs. So that'll be North on Town game. Yes. December the 16th. <laughs> we got to do that 15th. one, man. December 16th. We got to go to that I game. I think it's a Friday night. It's a Friday night game. So that's what's up. It's going to be It's gonna be crazy. All right. That's, sure. that's a rivalry game. All right, man. Thanks for coming Freddy, out. Thanks, Absolutely. everybody. Peace, Thank you y'all. so much. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you all next Saturday. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great weekend. Great weekend. And remember, the only thing we need more of is more love. More love. Peace. We out. Uh,